Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always on Tuesdays, actually, Mr. Matt Murphy, we got the names right today. That's that's real Matt Murphy, folks. And Andy's over doing the golf stuff, talking about the Open. I actually look forward to uh, hopping over and hearing what he has to say. I love the Open. Do you like the Open? It's uh, it's probably after the Masters. It's my second favorite major. No, nothing. I, I love the U.S. Open. It's fun to watch. There's a lot of chaos, obviously, and it's you know our country's major and and all, and all that. But the British Open, one that you know, especially with it being at St Andrews, but just I don't know the the type of golf, the creativity that you get with Lynx Golf and how crazy it can get with some of the weather. It's just so much fun for me to watch. I, I like all majors, but I think the British after the Masters is is probably my favorite to watch. Yeah, the timing's great, too. You get up, there's, like, really important golf right away. It's nice for me. It's probably tough for West Coast people, but ugh, everything else is easy for you, so suck it. It's nice to an extent, but, like, I, I, liked, I like it during the week, but there's something about on Sunday when the British Open is over at, like, 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, whenever it is, and it's, like, I'm so used to taking, you know, major golf into the evening, like, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and kind of having that be my nighttime or evening viewership on the weekend. That on Sunday, when that happens, it's like, and it's over at like two, it's like, oh, well, what am I supposed to watch the rest of the afternoon now? You'll figure it out. You'll find ways to fill the gaps. But let's talk about a little bit of baseball. I have to double check. I don't know if our Orioles won last night or not. Are you feeling any better they about did. the White Sox? Or no, they didn't You're play. You're pretty last bummed night. out last night. No, the White Sox are dead. The White Sox are absolutely <laughs> dead. It's over. I'm okay with admitting it, too. Um, they are we're done. there. There's whispers of the clubhouse being just an absolute disarray, which usually tends to happen when you, when your team stinks and you have a lifeless manager who's 77 years old. Um, they, they're just they're, there's there's nothing going on there anymore. They're all kind of emotionless, going through the motions, not having any fun playing baseball. It's it's over. It's over. You got to okay, do what the Phillies did. Can the manager and everything will be fine. That seems to work work out. I agree. The Phillies are like 27 and 10 since firing Joe Girardi. It's, a, it's somebody needs to like print that out on. on ESPN.com and slap it on Jerry Reinsdorf's desk because I'm not sure he has a, a phone or a computer. But if you give him a Just paper copy, he'll time. probably look at it. Oh, I don't think he texts. You got to give him the paper copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, show, show him what happens when you actually change things up. But that's okay. They, the, the White Sox are our day baseball game today, though. And as as much as I wanted to avoid betting on that, I, I, I manned up and I did give us a White Sox day baseball game bet as well as a, as a parlay. Uh, I'll, I'll start with the day baseball picks. We're going to go with the Cleveland Guardians over four and a half runs at plus 104. Uh, six games against the Sox this year. They've gone over four and a half, four of the six times. Um, Davis Martin is the minor league call-up that is throwing for the Sox this year. He's pitched a couple times in these spots. He hasn't been all that great. And Cleveland has just been a house of horrors for the White Sox. They never really seem to play all that well there. Uh, Shane Bieber's throwing for Cleveland, so they're going to be uh, – they obviously have the pitching advantage there over the minor league call-up. And uh, Cleveland just seems to be, or the Sox just seem to be a get-right uh, recipe for for Cleveland. Always, they put up five in the first inning yesterday. Not that they're going to do that today again, but they covered that over four and a half for the game at plus 104 in the first inning yesterday. So I really like that number. And then I am going to take one White Sox play here, Yoan Moncada, to record an RBI at plus 230 uh, since June 1st. His splits with runners in scoring position versus without is like unfathomable to believe. He's hitting something like 115 without runners in scoring position since June 1st, but with runners in scoring position, he's hitting like 540. I, I don't really know what's going on there. If, if all of a sudden the, the focus sharpens for him when people are on, or have, that's when that's what's been happening the last month or so. But 
he's been uh, absolutely on fire at a three-run homer last night. Uh, and if he's hitting it over a 500 clip, if he gets that chance today at plus 230, really like those odds for him to drive in a run because that's just what he's been doing the last month or so, even though overall he hasn't been that great. Uh, he's been good in those clutch situations. And uh, going with another mo- uh, money line parlay, I did have one hit on um, on Sunday, thanks to my White Sox making a comeback and Dan's Braves hey. making a little bit of a comeback against the Nationals. So hit that. I hit one like plus 490, something like that. So that was a nice little Sunday for me. Going to go back to the well taken our Orioles. I'm gonna I'm gonna claim them with you and Andy if that's okay. I, I would like to that's hop fine. on that bandwagon. Is that fine? Uh, the Orioles have won eight in a row. Very well, easily could have been ten in a row. The last two the, the two losses they had before the win streak started were ninth inning leads blown to the twins. They got walked off in both of them. So they could very easily have won 10 in a row playing as good a baseball as anybody. They're coming uh, to Chicago to play the Cubs at Wrigley. Uh, I believe uh, I'm blanking. I think it's Adrian Sampson who's throwing for the Cubs today. He's been pretty good through three or four starts, but he's still young. Uh, The Orioles playing really good baseball. The Cubs coming off, I think losing five of their last six. Granted, they did play the Dodgers tough in LA, but they lost four straight. Uh, the Orioles are playing such good baseball. They're pl- actually plus money on the money line. I think it's actually down to like plus 101. It was around plus 110 this morning. Then we're going to go with the Astros uh, on the road in Los Angeles playing the Angels. Uh, Luis Garcia is throwing for Houston. If you look at his splits home and road, it's it's kind of weird. At home, he's got an ERA in like the mid fives. On the road, he's got an ERA around 2-7. Uh, he's allowed 15 less earned runs on the road and he's been really good. The angels have just been in complete disarray for the most of the year after the somewhat decent start. So I'm happy to take the Astros there in this parlay. And then the giants money line over the diamondbacks, Dallas Keuchel throwing is throwing for Arizona. He's almost an automatic fade at this point. He's just kind of an innings eater for them at this point. Uh, Logan Webb throwing for the giants at home after Carlos Rodon, he's their ace. Uh, he's been really good all year. He's been really good last year. So I really like the pitching matchup there. And uh, three-legger at plus 439. I think I like those odds. I like it. Let's do it. I'll put all those together. I love the day baseball. That's something to sort of watch while we transition through the day. There's still some tennis going on. Things are wrapping up. Tough, tough day. We'll see if if Udvardi can can grind out maybe a a second set for us. But an auspicious start for our underdog today. We'll have some more tennis tomorrow. Um, Just the one pick for now. Unfortunately, with the timing and everything, I think I had maybe six lines to actually look at. But um, one underdog I like tomorrow. Obviously not as big as Udvardi was over two to one. But Bernardo Pera here, plus 125. Actually, is her short favorite over Aleksandra Sasnovich. Just really... um, a surface handicap more than anything else. Uh, Sastovich, very good on hard courts, had some decent um, wins in grass season, and generally is a very good player, but um, not such a high level over Para, where I think she should be favored again on a surface where, for whatever reason, she doesn't quite have the high level movement enough to be good or the power enough to really um, hit winners or be frustrating for other players on clay. So Para qualified here, has two nice, comfortable wins already under her belt. Sasnovich making a surface switch also uh, here. So a lot of things working against her. Happy to take Para as the dog again. However, is the short favorite, and maybe I'll a little bit more out. I'll put some of that stuff out on Twitter again. You can always find everything in the link on my profile there. But just the one bet for now, and, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully the underdog gets back. But it looks like we're giving some back today, Matt. Do we know uh- – do we, what time is this, or is, did you say this has already started? I'm sorry. This will be yeah, this will be early tomorrow morning. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know exactly when. Got it. Could be as early as uh, four a five a.m. Well, you know, if I'm up watching watching the open, no, that's that's why it's, the, today's not Wednesday. Today's Tuesday. So maybe maybe I'll wake up early tomorrow to get my body clock in shape 
before Thursday, I'll wake up and watch some morning tennis. That's good. Right? That's good. Maybe it makes like, Thursday a little like bit halfway. easier. Yeah. It means Instead Thursday, like then I, like, I'm actually like more focused when the golf gets started because I've already started doing it to myself on Wednesday. And you got to train. It's very, very like important. That. Looks like Patrick likes the Astros line here. Uh, I, I don't. That's the Astros are just really good, and the Angels just aren't. I didn't really understand the money line myself either. I'll probably actually take that one separately too. I mean, I know the, the name Noah, Noah Syndergaard is throwing for the Angels, but he's not the Noah Syndergaard we knew from the Mets. I just I don't really understand it either. Uh, maybe that means Vegas knows something more than we do, but uh, I, I was really happy to throw that one in the parlay and probably take that money line just separately on its own. I think there's some great value there. It's, uh, the Angels are amazing. It's that tweet that I think Andy talked about a couple of weeks ago. It seems like every night Mike Trout and Otani do something no one has ever done, mm-hmm. and the Angels just keep losing. They're <laughs> going to have a, a really interesting decision. And in like that, Otani's contract is up in two years, and they're already paying Mike Trout that insane kind, not insane because he's worth every penny of it, but they're paying him a ton of money. They're paying Anthony Rendon like a, a similar amount of money a year. They, they're going to have. I don't know if they can afford to have three $30 million players on the payroll and Otani's going to command more than that. So that's going to be a really interesting decision for them in a couple of years. The Otani contract has a chance to be fascinating. I mean, he's the most valuable player in the league by quite some margin, simply because he yeah. pitches and hits, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. that easy. And he's great at both. He's good at like, both, right? He's not, yeah, he's not just like some average pitcher and a decent hitter. He's an all-star hitter and an all-star pitcher. Like he's that good at both. So, his if he gets the free agency, that bidding war for his his services is going to be so much fun to watch. Hey, we'll see. What Should happens. I talk about something not fun to watch? The Chicago Bears. I was, gonna say, I was trying to figure out the segue. It's okay. I was sure if it was not fun to watch or fun to watch. I mean, I enjoy the mess that is Chicago Bears and the brilliance. It's just as Chicago Bears fans, as someone that lives surrounded by Eagles fans and their yeah. delusion. Bears fans, I think, we're, to me is a lot less harmful. Like it's it's more interesting to me. It's more fun. What do you what do you define as Bears delusion? Because I think in this like I don't think there's. At least not now. I mean, obviously, every fan base kind of has their their meatballs that think the you know their team is going to be thirteen and three and win the division every year. I think like the most of the actual like Bears fans that aren't those meatball fan base are pretty accepting that this is going to be like, let's hope Justin Fields looks pretty good this year. Let's hope you know the, the young guys take some strides and let's get a top ten pick kind of thing. I kind of find it. There were some tweets when they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be out of the division where there were some Bears fans talking about how you guys all of a sudden had the best quarterback in the division, like easily with Justin Fields. And there was a lot of optimism. And it just seems every year there's some, again, it's delusion. It really feels like delusion. But I mean, it's interesting that I said Justin Fields because you're feeling good about it. I am feeling good about Justin Fields. I think that um, last year's. I thought last year we definitely saw some flashes from him. And I think last year he was severely hampered by a head coach who just was way in over his head and had no idea what the hell he was doing in Matt Nagy. And I think he, we saw it over the years with Nagy. It didn't matter who was a quarterback. He trotted out the same game plan and didn't really do much to help his quarterbacks. Um, I, I think despite that, we saw a lot of flashes. And like, look at the Pittsburgh Monday night game, some of the throws he made there. I know there were some games against, there was a game against Detroit at home and it's just Detroit, but he shows some real flashes there. Like he's got all the arm talent in the world. He just needs to be coached. And I, I do think they went out and got a coaching staff that's going to do him some favors. I know Luke Getze had the pleasure of coaching Aaron Rodgers and who probably doesn't need a whole bunch of coaching, but he was a, a big part of that offense, an offense that, you know, uh, thrives on 
throwing the ball vertically, running a lot of vertical routes. And, and I think what we saw, what we saw from Justin Fields for sure at Ohio State and at points last year is he can throw a deep ball. The guy can hit the guy can hit receivers in stride. He can throw a good deep ball. He is pretty accurate. And I think at over 33, uh, 33, 50 pass yards, like that's like Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz territory. That's really not all that much. And I do think we're going to see an offense this year that's going to feature that's going to try to feature what Justin Fields does well, as opposed to what Matt Nagy knows how to coach. Uh, I think they have, I know people are mocking the bears off season a little bit, but one thing they do have in terms of weapons is some speed. Darnell Mooney has been a really good receiver that flies under the radar because he's been with the bears because of the quarterbacks he's been throwing to, but he showed some real chemistry with Justin Fields last year. I think Cole Komet is due for a, a better season after being with a coaching staff that didn't really know how to incorporate a tight end other than Jimmy Graham uh, because he was basically a wide receiver. Uh, I think they're going to have a solid enough running game that's going to free some things up for Justin Fields. And I, whether you not like the Velas Jones pick, the guy is really, really fast. and that Speed is the biggest weapon you can have in the vertical passing game. Uh, so I think a lot of things set up for Justin Fields. I'm not saying he's going to have a great year. I'm not I'm not saying he's going to throw for 4,500 yards, but I think at over 3,350 at just about even money. Uh, I think that's very, very doable, especially if you're looking at a schedule that's, you know, a, a, I believe it was a third place schedule they're getting. Um, so I, I like that over 3,350 for Justin Fields. I think he's going to have a really nice year. I think he actually has a coaching staff that knows how to develop him as opposed to one last year that kind of just knew one way to coach and tried to fit a square peg into a round hole. I looked at it real quick. I mean, if he starts all 17 games, it's he has to average 200 yards per game to get just yeah. over that number. I mean, and if you look at the name, I looked at the names to the guys that were there. I mean, it was like it was like Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz were right were right around 34 and nice solid quarterbacks. But Justin Fields has more more talent, more skill than those two quarterbacks, uh, in my opinion. Maybe Carson Wentz now, maybe not Carson Wentz when he was at his you know peak health, but in terms of where they are, are now. I think Justin Fields has as much skill and as much of a ceiling. So a lot more of a ceiling than those guys, I should say. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And um, if you want to hear more Bears talk, I hear they're talking about that on the deep dive. Are they bringing you they on are. that? Or they I want, I wanted to get a good Bears pick in there because I've, I've watched their deep dive preview last year and they were right. But like, it's going to be ugly for what they're going to say about my Bears tonight. Uh, but I, so I wanted to get out in front of it and be positive about them a little bit early. I like that. I, I think it's, again, it's a good angle, like 200 yards per game. If he starts all 17, I mean, it seems doable. It's, I wonder if there's some alts for that. It's, I, I doubt there is. But I'll I doubt up. there is. I haven't really, I, I, I was really only just able to find the numbers. Maybe as we get closer to the season, you might start to see some, but I think those might be more for like the Rodgers, the Brady's, the Mahomes. It might not go down as far as Justin Fields, but we'll see. I can take it, but now, I don't know if we'll talk about this on the deep dive today. Maybe they will. We'll see if they like any of the coaches there, but we saw coach of the year odds pop up. Um, wanted to talk about those a little bit. I know there's some Matt that you like, but you can see here at the top of the board, um, a few chunks. You got a group at 14 and 16. So no clear favorite, it seems. And poking around, there's some big number differences. So look around here. You kind of have a middle section and some of the bigger numbers down there at the bottom. I always think about this as more of like a derivative bet, if you will. So if you like a team to go over their win total, you like a team to win their division that is a favorite to win their division, this is a great way to maybe get a little bit of value because that coach is immediately going to be a candidate for something like coach of the year. So mm -hmm. uh, at a very quick glance, and again, I don't know a ton. I mean, looking at guys like, 
Vrabel, Matt Rule, I mean, even Belichick, somebody at him like 25 to 1. If he can win the division with that team somehow, uh, he's going to be certainly top one, top two in there. But who stuck out to you? There were three names uh, similar to the Belichick, you know, less bigger name coach, more uh, higher profile coach with kind of a lesser team, I think, this year. Um, I, I look at Mike Tomlin at three, uh, 30 to 1. I think that's a very winnable division. Uh, we don't know what the Browns situation is going to be at quarterback. The Ravens are talented, but I don't think that they're, you know, they haven't been able to stay healthy the last few years since he was obviously very good last year, but they're probably due for a little bit of a regression, especially playing a first place schedule. The quarterback situation isn't great, obviously, but you have a, a guy in, in Mitch Trubisky who like, like I said, not great, but he has experience winning not great divisions. He did that a couple times in Chicago. And I think with the right coaching staff, the right game plan, the right talent around him, he's a guy that's capable of winning you, you know, 10 or 11 games in a so-so division with not the most difficult of schedules in the world. They do have the AFC East, which is tough, but if you can, you know, win, you take care of business against the Jets and you get one more win against the Dolphins, Patriots, or Bills, then you go two and two in that division, you're looking pretty good. So I like Mike Tomlin at 30 to one. Same reason I like John Harbaugh, because I think the Ravens were super banged up last year. And again, they're going to have to stay healthy this year if they want to do that. Lamar is going to have to stay healthy, which he has, he does generally. But usually by the end of the year, we're getting to the point where he's pretty banged up. If he can stay healthy, the Ravens can win that division. Maybe they can you know, somehow sneak out a one seed or a two seed. I think that's a guy you're looking at as a coach of the year candidate because he is that big name with a brand like the Ravens or a brand like the Steelers. And then the last one I kind of liked was Ron Rivera because I, I think that is a very winnable division. Um, I, you have a guy in Carson Wentz coming in who we just talked about. Is he a great quarterback? No, but he was fine last year for the Colts. He had him a chance to win a division. And you're in a division with the Eagles, with the Cowboys, with the Giants where – I mean, Dallas is going to have a great offense, but can they play defense? How good are they going to be? We don't really know. Philly's on the up is on the upswing. I don't know. Dan said he liked Nick Sirianni. I think that's a pretty solid bet too, because I think that division is very winnable. I think Dallas is going to kind of come back to the pack this year. I think the Giants are going to be not very good. So I, I think there's a decent chance that a guy that the uh, Washington or the Eagles are going to have a, a pretty solid chance to win the division towards the end of the year. And if you're a coach with 30 to one odds at the start of the regular season to win to win coach of the year and you go win your division, I think that makes you look pretty good. So th those are just some numbers, some longer shots that I liked. I could take it. You're probably right, Patrick. Rabel probably the Titans were probably too good last year for that to happen. But yeah. that's how I look at it. If you like an underdog again to win their division or a bad team to go over their win total, definitely take a look at that and see what the best number you can get because that's kind of how you do it. So some quick thoughts there. I like those, Matt. I'll probably tail those. And anything else we got we got to cover today? Thanks as always to FanDuel. Anything else? I'll be uh, I'll likely be on the show Friday. I'll be doing that from my Vegas hotel room. Looking forward to that. Oh, what are you going? What are you going to the desert for? Anything in particular? Uh, a couple days for a bachelor party. Leaving, flying in Thursday night, flying home, you know, late night Saturday night. So just in, in and out, just two, you know, forty-eight hours, pretty much right on the dot. But uh, it's going to be an efficient trip. Spend a lot of time at the sports book. I like that. It's going to be early mornings for me, getting getting up to watch the open. We're going to have to be up I around, think you know, just fine. I think I'll probably be okay. Think of it more as a late night than an early morning. But anyway, thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. You guys do a great job, as always. Thumbs up, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and we'll be back tomorrow. See ya.